Welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, your favorite hockey podcast. It is Hockey the Podcast, episode 67, changing uh, tradition a little bit because we won't be focusing on one person today. In fact, we're focusing on a host of people. It is the SA Women's Outdoor Hockey Squad as they prepare for Tokyo 2020 slash 2021. Uh, okay, uh, and we conducted everything over at St. Stidian School, uh, a magnificent school in the heart of Johannesburg. And uh, as always, I was joined by my partner in crime, my colleague and friend, Tyron Jabu Barnard, as well as a host of Hockey Superstars. Without further ado, let's get into the show. So we are here at the magnificent St. Stithians College uh, over in Johannesburg, uh, one of the, the prettiest schools, Ty. Yeah, we're sitting here at our sponsor for this episode, Sports Republic Shop. So uh, <laughs> just saying that because Ricky's not far away. <laughs> but no, it's, it's a fantastic school and, and it's a great base that's uh, been good for the SA Hockey Women. Yeah, it certainly has. And we get to watch the SA Hockey Women uh, fairly. We, we've got a perfect seat. Um, I mean, you can't actually wish for anything better, but we've got an even better seat because uh, our first guest is right here. Yeah, and, and she's no stranger to anyone who knows hockey in South Africa. Uh, she is the most capped current active player and, of course, uh, our only Olympian in the current squad because she went there in 2012. It is uh, a previous guest to the show already, but... Uh, Lisa, always good to have you, and uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very yeah. excited. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, good. We got you out of a little bit of the warm-ups. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, Lisa, obviously the world is completely different right now. It's it's absolutely weird compared to when you went to London in 2012, even when you were preparing for Rio in 2016. I mean, how much of that difference is, is quite mentally draining to you and the other players right now? Yeah, it is exhausting. I think um, we did speak about it the last time we spoke in, in that you you know you mentally prepare for that was the date, that's when it's going to happen. And then um, the postponement threw a bit of a, a curveball. So to set the, the reset button was a bit tough. Um, but I think we're on track. We at least got the plan going and um, yeah, the prep's going well at the moment. So. And we've obviously every second weekend had the team come together. Obviously a large uh, proportion of the team live up here in Gauteng and are able to meet regularly. Uh, that's very different from previous squads that we've had, where, where it was large proportion from Western Province or KZN. Yeah. How much of a benefit has that been? Well, for me, it's a benefit because I live here, but I mean, it's, it's pretty similar. Um, of course, now, you know, like we say, the, the centralized program makes it easier to travel, um, that we're only asking about four or five girls to come in on the weekends, um, which financially also helps a lot. Um, so, yeah, it has definitely helped the process going forward. Lise, you know, when we arrived here, 
uh, Coach Robin was giving uh, quite a stern talking to to the ladies. And we heard discipline mentioned a lot. And I can imagine that that has been a key feature given the current circumstances uh, where the ladies literally need to look after themselves because, of course, uh, we know exactly the restrictions in place. Yeah, for sure. And I think also we didn't realize the, I think, or I've, I didn't realize the mental impact it had on an athlete, you know, to keep training for so long, so hard. You need a downtime, you know, so to get back out of that and then realize that, okay, the days are ticking away, you can't actually rest. So that was a big thing and a big shift for the team and the squad um, to say, hey, guys, like, you know, we need to make sure that we are ticking the boxes that we can control and um, the rest then, you know, he will take care of in terms of what's on the field. Yeah, you say that. Uh, you, you didn't realize how big a toll it would take. Um, how big a toll was it and how did you manage to overcome it? Um, no, it was massive, in, in, you know, from my perspective. Um, made you reassess how long can you go. I mean, I'm not getting any younger, you know, in terms of the body. Do I continue? Do I push? Okay, cool, make the decision. And then what am I going to put in place to ensure that I can get there? Um, so for me, it was very, very tough. Um, but, yeah, overcame it with having a lot of chats with family um, and said, okay, listen, I have to. It's always been a dream to go to another one. Um, so I have to just give it everything, otherwise I think I will regret it. And of course, not long after the Olympics is another showpiece mm. um, back in, is it Spain again? I think it's Spain. Spain and Holland. Yeah, Spain and Holland. I mean, it's, it's 12 months later for, for the ladies. I mean, that's something worth hanging on for as well? No, of course. I mean, I love playing for my country. Um, I love representing South Africa. So, But again, <laughs> baby steps, have to think of it one step at a time and then just see and make sure that I, you know, tick that box and then hopefully the body will hold hopefully I can you know get selected play well enough to be selected and then we see what happens and look last one from my side before I give you back to Derek just obviously um, you've been through this this before in terms of the selection pressure um, you know it's a it's a group of players who get along with each other very well but you're also competing with one another yeah. because ultimately only 16 players are going yes two others will be the the traveling but non-traveling reserves kind of thing I mean, how do you how do you keep that competitiveness while at the same time the the what's the word the camaraderie between yeah. the team? Um, I think it is a fine balance. Um, I don't think we get it right all the time, but I mean that is team dynamics. So yeah, I I, I don't actually even know how to answer that to be honest. It just you got to just be a human at the end of the day too. I think and realize that we are all competing for the same thing. Um, it is going to be tough for those that don't make it. It's going to be amazing for those that do. So you just, yeah, you just kind of focus on you in a way to make sure that you're okay in performance-wise, but then make sure that, you know, the next person next to you, like you say, because they are on your team, is also doing okay. Um, that's how I go about it. I mean, I, I try not to think about the selection. Thanks, Tyron, now that I'm going <laughs> to play a match. Um, but, yeah, that's how I go about it. Given your experience when it comes to Olympics, uh, do you find... A lot of the time, the ladies coming up to you and saying, so what's it like? What do I need to do? What are my final preparations? Countdown now before we head over. Um, yeah, I mean, do, do they come to you for, for plenty of advice? Oh, there are a few that have. Um, I think it, it is a little bit of pressure also because you have been. So, you know, you don't want to also scare people because it is a different ball game. I, I think teams kick into another gear. Um, so, you know, you, you want to kind of be realistic in terms of what is coming but not in a scary way if that makes sense um so there are a lot of girls that have asked and said okay at least you know um i think a lot more came from the excitement of what happens in the village um but i think in terms of the hockey it, it will come a little bit later down the line i think
Okay, well, Lisa, we holding thumbs that you do make the trip. I'm certain you will be on that plane. And, uh, yeah, we heard the stern words from Robin earlier, so we don't want to keep you too long uh, and get you into trouble. And, of course, uh, by uh, we'll also get into trouble too. Uh, so thanks so much for joining us. So we'll let you get back into practice, and uh, we'll bring in our next guest. Awesome. Thanks, Derek. Thanks. Why, why don't you introduce our next guest? Our next guest is uh, the youngster, Tati. Okay. Step up here. <laughs> little princess, eh? <laughs> Look at that little, what, what a great handover that was. Great assist there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, joining us now is Wontatile Zulu. But uh, she goes by the name Tati. And we're actually very lucky that you're with us right now because you should have been in quarantine in Ghana. Yes, um, we actually had a AFCON qualifiers um, like end of March on 21. But it got cancelled and postponed to August. So we're not going to be going anytime soon. And Tati, if you just uh, put that on the on the put that down and put that uh, on paper, or well, it's not paper here, but you know what I mean. That's it's an action-packed next eighteen months for you. I mean, you've got the under twenty-one qualifier, which is now going to be moved. It's not in Ghana. Yes. We don't know the host, mm. the, which would be in August. The Olympics around that time, and obviously you're hoping to get into that squad. The Junior World Cup hosted in Potchefstroom. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to say that name. First time ever that an FIH World Cup is in Africa. Follow that up not that long away, just six months later, the World Cup in Spain and Holland. I mean, as a youngster breaking into the team, you're still uh, an under-21. You still only have a handful of caps, but you've done really well. I mean, you must be excited, but also it must be quite daunting at the same time. Um, It's very exciting, especially um, being able to attend almost more than three tournaments. I'm still a student at the University of Pretoria, so I've also got those commitments there. It's my final year at university this year, so I've got that. And as well as playing Varsity Cup as well. We have Varsity Cup happening, I think, in May around. And then we've also got um, USA as well. So I'm still playing for university as well as going to these tournaments. It's quite a lot, but, I mean, it's a challenge that I've put myself up to. And I'm excited to see how the year plans out, basically. Dante, chatting to Lisa, and she was speaking about how, uh, with this camp being in Joburg, of course, uh, a lot of the action happens here in Joburg, which works out nicely for herself because she's based here. And, of course, you're just down the road over yeah. at Tux, like you said. Yeah. Um, it, it must be great to be as close to the action as possible, especially who's someone who is studying full-time. Yeah, it's um, a lot of fun, especially because it's in Joburg. Um, it's not too far. Um, I think that's a benefit for us, especially being together, because, I mean, in the past years, um, the South African women's team hasn't been able to train in the same area um, before big tournaments. And to be able to get a lot of time together, I think that's an advantage that we can have leading up to the Olympics as well as tournaments that are coming up. So I think that was a really good initiative from the management side and player side of perspective. I suppose we, we can pose this question to everyone, which uh, we certainly do. Uh, now, we just had Lisa, who is a full-time professional. I mentioned you're a student, and I mean, that's... Extremely hard work. It's extremely taxing. It's extremely tiring. How, how do you manage to, to juggle all the commitments? Um, I mean, I try to manage my time sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does. Um, but to me, my academics is very important. Um, but also hockey as well is important to me. It's something that I'm really passionate about. And everything that I basically put my mind to, I try my best in everything that I do. So for me, I think trying to manage my time in sports as well, um, balancing that is really, I guess, a lesson that I can learn and maybe pass on to younger players who are coming up as well. 
Well, you say you take your academics seriously. W- what are those academics? I'm studying a BCom in business management. It's my third year. Um, and yeah, I'm looking to do my honors as well next year. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, what a subject. Sure. I mean, that's you're just uh, getting more and more impressive. Obviously, you've also played in uh, the Northern Gauteng side and play alongside someone like Pumalela Mbanda, who is uh, a qualified chartered accountant. And do you reach out to her and how to get that balance right between studies and hockey and uh, everything else that you should be enjoying in life at the same time? Yes, I have um, actually reached out to her quite a few times because there's certain times at tournaments where I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to manage all of this? It's a lot of work. Um, or sometimes where you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. But you're like, no, I have the support of Pumi, Celia, Nicole Warraven, where they're all from Northerns. So I'm lucky enough to have those mentors and to be able to ask them questions. So whenever I need them, they're there for me, which is really nice. I suppose we, we are lucky in that uh, we do get two types of generational players. Uh, we spoke to Lisa now. Couldn't really pose this to her because she'd have to rack her brain a bit. But for yourself, I mean, uh, you're still extremely young. No no offense to Lisa. But, I mean, when, when did you realize, when did it dawn on you that this is a sport that I can play at a, at a very, very high level? I, I'm one of the better players on this on this pitch, if not the best, which yeah. I'm sure which would have been the case. <laughs> so I've always made the um, SA teams in the South African Hockey Association um, system. So from maybe under 16 up until under 18, I've made SA teams. Um, and then afterwards, I obviously had to choose a university and I chose to go to University of Pretoria. So after that, I was like, oh no, I don't think I'll be able to make the setup for a while now. It's probably just going to be um, under 21. That's something I can look forward to, but I never actually thought I'd make the women's side um, up until I got a call from um, our head coach Rob van Rinkel. Um, it was actually after PHL and 20 it was two years ago yeah two years ago after PHL I got a call and he was like listen do you want to come through and play at AFCON and I'm like um, okay me I'm like what this is crazy so I'm like okay I'm going to take this opportunity you know um, I've never been called up to the women's side ever. So this is my opportunity to take it. And I was very, very excited. So I went to AFCON and straight off the AFCON, I've still been in in the team ever since, which is so exciting. Um, And to me, that was almost a wake-up call in terms of where my level of play is because the caliber is really high to play with um, these amazing women alongside me as well as international hockey. I was able to go to the summer series, um, which happened in Stellenbosch. So for me, I was able to kind of up my game in certain things that I think I could have done better in. Um, but yeah, it's been really exciting. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that, that, that goes without saying. Uh, having represented your country on an international stage at various tournaments, uh, but the biggest one is still to come. Of course, you want to be in that final squad. And you speak about exciting, having been involved already in the past. But I mean, how exciting is it to be a potential Olympian? It's so exciting and I didn't think it would come this soon, um, honestly, because there hasn't been a lot of young players in the women's setup before. So these past few years have been different and there's been younger players. And to us, that kind of proves that there are actually young players in South Africa that are able to compete at a really high level. So for me, that's exciting and I'm able to become a better player, a better version of myself as well. So I'm very excited to be able to attend my first Olympics if holding fingers so yeah well if you are going to make that squad you're probably going to have to get back down there to impress so we're going to let you go Tati thanks so much for for joining us I was there when you played at the African Cup I saw uh, you terrorizing the other African countries defenses (laughs) and I look forward to to watching you do it over in uh, Tokyo thank you so much good luck thank you cheers (laughs)
So that was Tati Zulu. We now are joined from someone who, who, well, we just had Tati, who's very new in the squad, has just got a couple of caps, to someone whose cap number is in the three figures and uh, whose goals are very close to that too. Uh, it is none other than Lillian Duplessis. Lil, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Look, it's, it's a very different time that we're in right now. And, and you are a well-traveled hockey player. You've played around the world. In fact, we were talking to... Who are we talking to? We were talking to Quinita the other day, I think it was, when you guys played overseas together. Yeah, it was. I mean, so hockey's hockey's been really great for you. You've played in front of big crowds, small crowds, and right now you're playing in front of no crowd and no games. I mean, how much of a difference, I mean, how much of this difference, uh, how does it affect you? How much does it affect you? Yeah, I think last year was tough, obviously not having much hockey. And when we did have a little bit of hockey, I mean, your parents can't watch, your family can't watch, so it, 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 there's a massive change. Um, but I, I do think in some way it's been, it's been good for us because it, like, you regain a mental focus and you stop worrying about you know, who's watching and who's there and who's not there. And I think like, for me personally, um, it hasn't been a terrible thing. I think if I can take a positive, it has helped me mentally. Um, I don't really worry about so much what's happening on the outside now, I worry about more what's happening on the inside. And I think, I mean... That's, it's been fine. It's been sad, but it's been it's been better. I mean, it's it's incredible stuff. Uh, you have had such a cool career. Uh, you know, I wrote that article before about how how dominant you've been at the African Cup. I mean, you, you've had such a cool career, but the thing missing on the CV is obviously the Olympics. It must be a massive, massive driving thing for you right now. Yeah, I, th I think I've been to quite a few tournaments, which have been amazing. And Olympics has always been um, something that, I mean, I obviously have really wanted to go to. And we missed out on the last one, unfortunately. So, I mean, if I get the opportunity to go to this one, it'll just be a dream come true. We missed out on the last one and we potentially missed out, the entire world missed out on another Olympics. Uh, talking about Tokyo, the one coming up, hopefully. Uh, how disappointing was it firstly for 2020 to be cancelled slash postponed um, and then of course we look ahead to this one but originally when you heard the news did you think well it's a good thing because now it gives us an extra year to prepare or was it still devastating? Yeah I think it's hard to remember now how devastating it actually was um, when we did hear that it was going to get postponed but I think for me postponed was better than cancelled so I think um, again, a positive we took out of it was that we did have, we, we needed more prep I mean we've needed more prep we us as a country will always need more prep so I think uh, that's again a positive to take out of it is that we've had this time together and now especially every second weekend we're joining together and I mean yeah it, it, again like it's hard to remember how devastating it was because it's still happening and so now we're just trying to look forward. Given, um, given your experience you, you've played under a number of coaches obviously Rob is at the helm um, uh, how, how have you found him? And of course, he will be listening. So, granted, uh, I can understand if you're completely biased. Uh, but yeah, how, how have you found things? Given the Gr fact that greatest you have coach ever, <laughs> Will was actually telling me off air that uh, he's just the best. He's developed. Oh. I do. I do genuinely believe that. Uh, Rob's coached me for many years, even before he coached um, me under this national setup. So, um, I have a lot of respect for him as a coach. Um, his, his t himself, technically and tactically, I think he's very talented. Probably 
the most talented here in South Africa. So um, we are very lucky to have him. I'm very lucky to have him. He's helped me so much with my drag flick and me just developing as a player. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be great, you know, carrying on with him. I love that you brought up the drag flick because it's something that, as a South African team, we probably haven't used enough in the past couple of years. We, we had PD who could do it. Uh, very often our, our short corners have become quite predictable and, and very one-dimensional and, and that's not an offence to any other players involved there but it's such a powerful weapon and I mean we saw it from you in the African Cup I mean how much of a, 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 what, what is a feather in your cap is that that you offer the national team such a good uh, variation at a dangerous time yeah I think um, it's hard to it's hard to practice a drag flick alone because it's, it's such a mental thing um, and I think the only way to get better at it is, is by doing it by yourself and spending those hours on the turf and I think maybe over the past few years I sh maybe haven't been as disciplined as what I should have been and I think maybe that, that hasn't allowed for me to have the opportunity to flick as much as I'd like to um, but looking forward I mean I've been training it quite a lot so hopefully it will become a weapon. Uh, look I, I've, I've seen you take a few I haven't seen obviously lately but uh I think it's already a bit of a weapon and uh, I look forward to it because I think it's a nice variation. Well, you also have scored some ridiculously good goals over the years. I mean, I just think back to Stellenbosch, there was that one reverse stick, I think you hit it. I think it was against Ghana, yeah. where you got into the top D. I mean, as a goal scorer, obviously, PD has told us this before, but you kind of don't remember all your goals, but is there one or two that you really remember? Oh, well, now you put that one in my head and I'm struggling to think of any <laughs> others. Um, yeah, I think that was um, special. I'm I'm just trying to think. Um, I think all my reverse stick goals have been special for me. Um, I think my one of my first few tournaments I played in um, in England under Giles, and I scored two goals in that game. It was probably my first game. It was against Italy, uh, my first game of the tournament. And I think I hadn't been playing much that tournament. It was maybe the second or third game, and I scored two goals in one game. And I promise you, I didn't come off the field the whole game. The next two games of the tournament, I started, and I was just, it just, it like, just upped my. I felt like it upped my mentality, and it, it was just those goals were special because they give you that in. It's so great to see how excited you get when you speak about your experiences in the green and gold, the various goals that you scored, the many, many goals that you scored. And here you are clad in the SA Hockey green and gold uh, jacket now. Do you still get butterflies when you wear it, representing your country? Yeah, definitely. I think just before we sing the national anthem, I get butterflies. And then when we run out onto the pitch and we do our little shout, I definitely get butterflies. So, yeah, I think that's always going to be since end of 2012 till now I'm still getting those butterflies. Sometimes before these 8v8 games on camps, I'm getting butterflies. I mean, also no one wants to run the punishment at the end of a game. But um, yeah, yeah, I definitely am. Well, it's uh, been a pleasure having you on the show as always. Uh, I see that uh, practice has stalled for a little bit. Uh, I think Rob's waiting for you to get back there too. Yeah. He's saying we're not going to continue practicing <laughs> until Lily's back. L Lil has to be back for punishment. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always. So we're going to have to say cheers, but before you do, please, can you introduce our next guest? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, our next guest, Nomnikelo Vito, um, one of the youngsters in the team, but um, probably the one with the best humor. So we're very lucky to have her. Oh, it's so nice. I mean, it's so hard saying such nice things about Vita <laughs> because I'm normally tuning her all the time. Don't let this get to uh, your head. Um, but yeah, um, enjoy this, Vita. <laughs>
Thanks, no. Thanks again. Oh, I can't wait. Non Michaela is going to tell us a joke as soon as soon as she sits down. Oh no. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Great to have you on the show. Uh, yeah, what 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 a place uh, we find ourselves at, uh, beautiful Saint Stidian's College, and uh, for another camp. Um, and the process, or, and I say we, it's got nothing to do with me or Tyron, <laughs> you, in the process of hopefully getting selected to be on that plane to Tokyo. Yeah, I can't believe it. I think, like, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was saying, it's crazy, because when I was young, I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to play in the national team, I want to go to Olympic Games, and I want to do all of this stuff. And now that it's happening, it's like, the dreams of, like, when you were saying this is a nine-year-old, are actually happening, and you just can't believe it. You're like, not everyone gets to live out their dream, and... Um, not all dreams do work out, but I mean, it's way more work than I thought. Like when I was nine, I didn't realize there's so much work that goes into it. But um, yeah, it's so amazing. Right, speaking to Tati earlier, and, and she said that she's um, very lucky. or um, Having been able to represent South Africa in various age groups uh, from when she was very, very young. And um, she kind of had an idea that, that rock, hockey would play a very big part in her life. I'm sure you would have felt that. Did you realize it would have been played as big a role as it does now? Um, I think by the time I got to grade 8 and I got my first hockey bursary, I was like, okay, hockey's going to be in my life for a while. You know, if you can save money for the family, that's perfect. Go to varsity, get into a really good varsity. I'm like, that's a bonus. So at that point, I knew I'd always be a hockey player. Um, I definitely don't want uh, a career in sports, like professional career, but uh, for the meantime, I, I love playing. I mean, I play every single day. It's most of my life, actually, to be honest, at this stage in my life. Uh, Nikki, obviously, uh, I saw you not that long ago in a nice Christmas shirt. Did you wear it on Christmas Day? Yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, for those who have no idea, Nikki was one of our cover stars for the Hockey the Magazine Christmas shoot. Uh, Nikki, obviously, one of the things you would have wanted under your Christmas present, under your Christmas tree, as a Christmas present, was a letter from Robin saying, "Well done, Nikki, you have made the Olympic squad." I mean, that dream must be the thing that is spurring yeah, you on. Definitely, it's like the main focus. I don't think I've ever wanted something as much as I want this. I don't think I ever think about something as much as I want to go to Olympics or just the whole experience i look at people i mean i love usain bolt your serenas and i look at those people and i'm like they went to this tournament that i have a chance of going to people that i'm obsessed with when it comes to sports star and if i can play in the tournament with my heroes like you know it doesn't get better well and i'm glad you said that people you're obsessed with because in south africa there's quite a few people obsessed with nikki vito because she's a little bit of a TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, <laughs> Twitter fan. I mean, do you feel a bit of pressure from these hordes of fans to to uh, perform and succeed for them? And, and, and I've got to interject. Uh, I'm sure the listeners can hear voices in the background, crowds. They actually are, are here to see you. So the, <laughs> you're signing autographs before you got to join us. And obviously you're going to be signing a whole lot more once you get back there. <laughs> hey, come on, kids. Keep quiet. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think if I think about where I come from, I'm from a township in um, PE, well now Kobecha, and um, I think about like the the children there. They don't even know what hockey is, and if I can become a hockey star and introduce hockey to my township, introduce hockey to other kids there that could be hockey stars, but will never know because they'll 
never get the opportunity. So, um, yeah, if I can be a big enough star to create hockey clinics there to open up like hockey, open up different different sports outside of soccer and netball, I think that would be ultimately my my goal leading to my purpose of life. What school did you go to? Um, I went to Victoria Park. High five. Me so, too. So I to yeah. <laughs> I, I matriculated a little earlier than you though. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit earlier. <laughs> yeah, so so the people who matriculated with Derek were the people who were your teachers. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, I was at VP. I had a good time there. Yeah, I love um, VP. Yeah. Um, VP National Colour. This makes you what? The first person from VP to get <laughs> National Colour? Yeah, I'm sure there's been one or two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, now, you, uh, I've just got to recount a story. I know you were speaking about it a little earlier. So, uh, we had Brandon Stone on one of the various shows that we have. Um, he's an international golfer from, from Johannesburg. And he represented South Africa in golf at the last Olympics that took place uh, in Rio de Janeiro. And he said it was amazing. So, obviously, you're in the Olympic Village and it's gyms open 24-7, McDonald's 24-7. It, it's, it's sensational. And he was still trying to get over jet lag. So, at around 4 in the morning, he decided to go to the gym. Got there. It was fairly quiet and he's busy on the treadmill. And he's running and running and running, going at a fairly decent pace. Next thing, someone comes next to him and starts running and going flat taps. And he's, like, pushing it. And then he just hears the person go... And he goes, jeez, he felt a bit intimidated, put, uh, cranked it up a notch and carried on running, just couldn't keep up. And he eventually turned to have a look, and it was Serena Williams. Oh, my word. I would literally die. <laughs> I would drop on the floor. <laughs> they need to get like a, um, the ambulance and everyone to come help me up. But that's how hectic it would be. Well, well, the great thing is there are so many youngsters who watch you and feel the same way. So, oh, I mean, <laughs> it's an honor. It's obviously daunting. It puts a bit of a pressure, which I uh, apologize for. But uh, Nikki, you are fully deserving of the fandom, and thank uh, you, I, thank I hope you. that uh, we continue to see you rise, including in this next uh, eight-a-side match you're going to play, where the losers have to. I run. haven't lost a game in the last two weeks, guys. I Whoa. haven't, I haven't lost a single game, so Me I'm feeling neither. confident going Me into neither. camp. <laughs> Brilliant! Thanks so much for being on the Thank show. You. Fly that VP flag high, I as will, you know I you will. will. Thank Cheers. you. So, from a rookie on the show to a veteran, Ty. A, a veteran on the show. A veteran on the not show. A, not on the field. <laughs> He's like so been on the show for so many times. That, that so actually can't get off the show. That was maybe even the theme of her show was I'm not that old. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> see, I, it was quite tough trying to stop her from getting on the show. We literally had to take because she was standing on the side screaming, when am I going to go back on? <laughs> so finally, uh, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. I, I must tell you, since we last spoke, um, Derek has started doing yoga. I have. I have. You know why? Because for golf. Okay. Yeah, because I've okay. been watching Rick Shields videos, <laughs> which are the worst in the world. He's amazing, but okay. you just like this. Uh, he says he's a golf coach. Yes. And a friend of ours, he says he reckons he just makes up stuff just to have content because he's been like operating for five years. And he yeah. just like makes things up. And one of the things I was doing the other day, I literally couldn't do. I couldn't bend my body in those ways. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, thank you very much. So, you've put me in the right direction. Uh, half because of golf and the other half because you're doing it. So, cool. thank you. That's perfect. <laughs> and I also have back issues. So, 
Yoga's the way to go. <laughs> do you <laughs> have back issues? I do. And yoga's helping us. Yoga's helping, like with the flexibility and just like the rotation movement of your back. Um, I never used to do yoga until I got a back injury, so I was like, might as well start now. And when was that? Just this, I think just during lockdown last year, I think because you train, you don't really like, you just train at home, you don't really rest as much. And I think just the impact over time. Um, but yeah, all good now. All good. I mean, Cornelia, we were laughing off here that we literally spoke two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and we've had such great response to the episode. Oh, cool. But uh, you're obviously two weeks closer. Um, the squad is, without me saying any names, thinning out a little bit. You're still here. You're still part of the squad. That's getting just that little bit closer. Is it starting to, like, are you starting to get more at peace at it? Or is it starting to raise the anxiety levels Yeah, more? I think I have, like, moments of nerves. And I'm just like, no. You take it one day at a time and at one session at a time and then the process will like play itself out and that's just my mentality going into these camps because obviously every second weekend of training seven sessions on the weekends quite a lot and then the selection talks and all that but for me I'm just focusing on like my hockey and trying to play the best hockey I can to be honest. What was it like traveling again, being able to travel for hockey? Yeah. Uh, we've spoken to a lot of Johannesburg-based yeah. players, the Karting-based players, and they yeah. said it was fantastic. They just get in the car. Of course, it wasn't the case for you. Was it Was it nice to experience that again, to be able to, to fly? To and fly? Um, sometimes. I think I get a bit nervous with the Joburg weather coming, coming into Joburg, but I think I, I sat at the window this morning, so I just like stared out the window, tried to like take in the scenery. Um, but yeah, oh. I, I suppose you get used to it. Yeah. Ty's going to show you a, a couple of photos now. Yeah. It would have been so cool if you had posted this on Instagram or something. That was uh, at my house today. I actually posted a video yeah. from the plane with the hail falling down. And I posted a video of the clouds formation in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> and you're flying. Because he, he, he was getting scared. He was oh, messaging me. Oh, my goodness. He yeah. was messaging me saying, how, how can that, I drive in this weather? <laughs> That's that, outside that his house. Only, no, no. That, yeah. that one wasn't my house. Oh. The other one was outside my house. I have a one-year-old son yeah. who really was fascinated. He was like, what is happening? Because yeah. he's never seen hail. Yeah. A four-year-old son who was petrified because these things were hitting the window and making. No, so he was scary. trying to hide under a table. So I was maybe under the table to comfort him, not because I was scared <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shane, so, you, so you, you're a bit of a nervous flyer? Yeah, always. It's yeah. like a man-made machine. I mean, you're putting your life in this machine's hands, but it's okay. <laughs> Well, you do know that uh, should you make the Olympic team, it's a pretty long flight. I know, right? It's okay. <laughs> what is that like? More than 20 hours. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little long. longer than that. But, I mean, bringing up Tokyo, bringing up a camp, it must be nice. I mean, I know we spoke about the fact that there's no competition, but that you're able to play a little eight-on-eight games mm. and, and that little competitive edge mm. of yourself. Uh, must be nice to get back on the field and mm. feel that again. No, we are so competitive at camp. Like, amongst each other, we just flip and kill each other every every weekend um but for me i'm just grateful to be playing hockey actually i think last year put a lot, a lot of things into perspective for a lot of people and i'm just happy that i get opportunity to play in this team and represent my country so yeah just happy to be on the turf actually i spoke earlier about you being a veteran to the show because that really is the case i mean you, you're appearing for the 18th time now uh, but i mean when it comes to the side i mean it, it also does apply i mean it's by no means with age but in terms of experience i mean you, you certainly are one of the most experienced people on the side yeah i think i'm 
one of the most experienced since like all the oldies left, um, which is weird. Which is weird to say, but just but it's fine because uh, Lisa really appreciated that because she's like all the oldies have left and I'm still. I uh, know exactly. <laughs> I don't consider she's a youngster. <laughs> she's still fitter than anyone. So <laughs> um, no, but uh, it's it's. I think it's hopefully I can bring my experience into the team. Yeah. Well, and, and it's an important question because it's very clear that there will be a couple of. Uh, very low-cap players in your final mm, squad mm. Um, because there are a, a group of youngsters that Robin's brought through and obviously over the past 18 months we haven't been able to play games. How important is the likes of Lisa, yourself, Lilia and mm. Celia with your experience? How mm. important is that for the team? I think it goes both ways actually. I mean these youngsters bring like a freshness and certain confidence and bravery to the team. I mean their actions on the field like you're like wow when I was young did I take on these people did I skill like past three people when I was young like so they bring that sort of like confidence and like bravery to the to the to the field which is good for for the oldies you know um but for us I think maybe we can help them tactically with certain information and also mentally um like how to approach a game like a, a, an opponent for example so yeah I was speaking to Austin Smith the other day and, and he was just saying that he thinks the older players, and you're not an older player, but the older players benefited more from lockdown because their bodies were maybe sore, mm. but also mentally they became reinvigorated because all of a sudden, you know, they realized, hang on, I can go a bit longer mm. and I want this. I mm. want this so much more. Yeah. Did, did, did lockdown do that for you? Yeah, 100%. I think during lockdown, I definitely learned about my body more. I think I learned things that I didn't know that I could do, like nutritional wise physically um so i definitely learned a lot about i think i'm fitter now um through through the lockdown period and this year so that's a good thing <laughs> the, the other thing is i mean we spoke about it uh, a lot when we had you as our feature guest a couple of weeks ago and we've spoken about yoga as we did nana uh you said you found out a lot more about your body i mean you're one of the few players where now um, in finding that out, you, you're actually participating in something that you can do indoors, that you can mm. focus on a completely separate area. Mm. And do you find yourself, I know that, that you're looking at doing things online, uh, uh, you and your boyfriend, uh, and um, what's the word, uh, opening the world's eyes up mm. to the greatness of yoga. Have you been doing that with your fellow squad members? Well, sort of. I mean, like, <laughs> if I have something like good... Uh like information to share with them I probably will um, but I think just in general through I know s like social media sometimes can be fake but through me I try to like showcase something that's positive and that people can take from um, especially as an athlete and like young girls can look up to but for example with this online thing now I think it's more about like like being a good you uh, like a healthy human in general and not just being a fit person so it's like mind body um, and how you can be like, like your, like how can you reach your potential through not only just like physical activity but mental as well. Yeah. Gwyneth, it's been absolutely thrilling once again. I think uh, the fans are calling for the the end of the tr trilogy, so you'll have to be back on <laughs> really? for another another episode okay. after the Olympics when you <laughs> tell us all yeah. about it. Uh, but before we let you go and uh, go take on death apparently if you lose okay uh we need to ask you one favor and that's if you could introduce our final guest for the day uh, in the most glowing terms possible in the most glowing terms well i mean if she you floats like, her. like a butterfly 
and stings like a bee on the tip. No, she's really, <laughs> she's like, like super fast on the field. Um, I think Glasby, I've played with Glasby for like so many years, like since Marty's um, to SA. So I have a really good connection with Glasby on and off the field. Um, very nice human. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully she can get a trilogy also on the show. I think so. Well, she's uh, <laughs> certainly going to do that. But before, we need a proper introduction. So do the whole floats like a butterfly. Sings, Sings like, like a, a bee. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, you have Taryn Glasby. <laughs> you see, Where's and it rhymes. Roll? There we go. <laughs> I was trying to quickly get a drum roll on my phone. <laughs> Thank, you. Uh, Thank you so much, Quinita. And uh, welcome, Taryn. How's it going? Good on yourself. Good to be here. Great to, great to be here. It's, uh, yeah, we're wrapping up you... Our last guest, certainly not the least. Does that apply? Nice, um, but you save the best for last. Yeah, there we go. And <laughs> and and what a magnificent venue we find ourselves in. Um, it's no surprise that Rob uh, Van Ginkel is also a coach here at St. Stithians. But it's not so much the venue, but it's the occasion that we find ourselves in as you try and whittle yourself into that final squad for Tokyo. Yeah, no, um, the facilities here at Saint, uh, where we train is amazing. And um, the competition's obviously been really tough, which is cool. Everyone's pushing, pushing the boundaries. So, yeah, it's a good it's a good group to be within. And hopefully, yeah, we keep training, get that 16, 18 to go that are feeling world-class and, yeah, pushing the limits. Ty spoke about it a, a, a little earlier with one of our guests. And, yeah, it's, it's one of those tricky situations. It's a catch-22 because, of course, everyone there are your teammates, they're your friends, but theoretically they're also your opponents because you do want to beat a couple of them to make it onto that plane. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think for me personally, I find if I'm enjoying it, having fun, I bring out my best hockey and I feel like you can still do that within a competitive environment. So that's what I personally am focusing on, just being competitive but trying to enjoy the process, taking it all in and then whatever happens is kind of going to happen. Taryn, obviously... You were you went to Munchen Gladbach. I, I never really say it that well, but you went to Germany with the, the junior team, and many of those players are here alongside you now: Aaron, Pums, Lil, Nicole. So, I mean, do you think uh, uh, having experienced an international competition like that with so many other players, you guys have a good understanding and a, and a good bond that you're able to build on, or do you think that maybe the provincial lines uh, blur that a little bit more? I think it definitely benefits. I think playing with anyone over and over, it builds it builds connections, it builds flow. So definitely, I think having a group that we've played with over the years does make a huge difference, is going to help us as a team. Yeah, so I think it would. And then obviously, I mean, I brought up the provincial lines because obviously based in Western Province, a large part of the squad is here. And during the, the first part of lockdown, after the lo hard lockdown, they were at least able to get together a little bit. Quinita mentioned to us, uh, it to us when we had the interview with her uh, the other day. Was It was quite tough because there's only two or three of you from down there that are, are, are in the squad. And you also stay quite far from each other. You don't all stay in the southern suburbs or something. I mean, what did you manage to do to get some turf time? Did you reach out to any other guys or... or did you reach out to your old uh, stomping grounds, or you know, what? It, sorry, what? It, what? What is it that you did to just keep yourself? So I'm lucky enough to live two minutes from uh, schools Astro, who were very, very like allowing me to go train. Often Keen and I actually train. Keen and Horn from the SA men's team. We often train together because we both live within the same area. So that's been super beneficial. Yeah, we can grow from each other. 
but yeah, it was tough. It's only two girls from two or three girls from Cape Town, so it's tough to you don't get that same kind of match play intensity if you're just training with two or three people. So that's tough. But I mean, I think we made the most of it. I kept doing the online sessions. I did I just try to keep my mentality and mental aspect of the game in touch. And yeah, I think I actually grew mentally in or stronger mentally within the lockdown, which was really cool to see. It is a cool thing to say because uh, we've seen it with a few people that we've chatted to over the past six months, you know, from umpires to players to officials, that people seem to take lockdown in one way or the other. They either took it where they really just dived into it, said, listen, there's nothing you can do, but you can be in charge of yourself, or this is unfair, it sucks, and you're the victim. And it's cool to hear you're not taking that approach. You're, you're taking, let's make the most of it. And how much of a, a help does it also have that uh, in your professional career, you have somebody that understands the demands of uh, the role that you're in with the national team? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it plays a valuable role. I think, so just, I, I've come from a family of six. So all of us were just training. I got my whole family out and we'd go out half an hour, hour in the, the day, just training, doing anything we can just to keep that keep uh, keep building and keep the positivity up i think i also work in an industry that allows me to be super flexible with with my own hockey which is also such a blessing and allows me yeah, to be the best i can in the hockey field and work environment so yeah when you say family of six does that exclude parents no sorry that that includes oh uh, okay so, so, so four brothers and <laughs> yes, sisters yeah. and uh, age wise so i'm the youngest and it literally goes the one year to the next wow so and, cool. and and I take it you're not the only sporty one out of the four. Uh no, no, we all play sports. Some there's my sister's a little bit more arty, and yeah, she takes that from me. I have no artsy skills, so she can have that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's unfair. I've seen the way you can dribble the defender. It's quite artistic. <laughs> I wish it was the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Taryn, obviously, yeah. I mean, the Olympic Games. That is the pedigree. There is a very strong possibility that we'll play the Olympics with no fans. Or if there's fans, it'll only be local people, no no foreigners allowed. Does that affect the desire to go at all? For me, I often don't even hear the people on the sidelines. So I kind of zone in so much that my motivation, I don't think, would change at all. Olympics for me is still, I mean, it would be amazing with fans. I think it would add to the value. But for me, the goal is still the same. Still want to train as hard. Still would be amazing, amazing experience. Yeah, so. Well. We are hoping that you are able to tick that off the bucket list, get your name on that team list uh, and uh, get to experience this. And, and maybe not just this one time, In just three years later, do it again then. Do it again then. <laughs> Fingers crossed there. Yeah, we certainly will. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of the camp. Enjoy the trip back to the Western Cape. And uh, yeah, we really hope that you'll thoroughly enjoy a trip over to Tokyo, Japan. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you very, very much. And uh, that wraps up a very special edition of Hockey the Podcast. Ty, really great insight from the competitors. And I don't know about you, but having a look out there, I think that, uh, yeah, uh, the team's really in great hands and they look fit and firing and motivated to do well over in Asia. I don't know if you managed to walk past Aaron Hunter earlier. Uh, yeah, I did. Or Aaron Christie now. Sorry, Mr. Christie. Um, but... Uh, yeah, when I walked past it, it was a clear fire in the eyes. Mm. You could see it. Um, I saw it from Celia Evans or Celia Serrani now as well. And uh, it was very clear. And it's quite cool to see that these players, 
you know, there's so much uncertainty in the world because of COVID, because of, you know, there's there's some people who say Olympics will be cancelled. Well, I'm pretty sure they won't be, but, you know, the fire is there. The fire is lit, and these guys are doing their best. These ladies are, are doing their best to make sure that they are one of the 16 to put their foot on the plane and go to the Olympic Games. And uh, I just feel like, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of sports over this time, and we've seen a lot of players... You know, there's been a lot of criticism of our players' conditioning and stuff. That criticism cannot be leveled at any of the ladies here. And they're all full-time amateurs. So, you know, you really need to understand how hard these these girls are working to fill their dream. And, and hopefully, Saskatchewan are able to come to the party and, and provide enough funding that they don't have to pay. Mm. And, and money doesn't become an object. And... Uh, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing how they do. I, I really have a good feeling that we are going to ruffle some feathers in Tokyo. And uh, we must say a, a very big thank you to the administrative staff, uh, Robin and, and Jill, for allowing us to be here because we were granted exclusive access to the team. No one else is here, no other media. However, it did come with a caveat in that we had to go and get an immediate uh, COVID test uh, prior to coming here and which we went through and we did all the protocols so it was safety first um, and, and that was very important because as you said I mean it's not just about professional players these are players that give their their life their everything and on top of that have a job I mean if one of them had to get sick it could ruin everything yeah look hockey is amateur but the way they are running this team in this camp there's nothing short of professional. Yeah, I completely concur. Ty, thanks as always. Granted it in person, it feels like it's been uh, years, which it has been. Um, no, don't worry, I'll show you photos. Derek and I can't even get in the same photo because we're social distancing. <laughs> of course, uh, there's no photos of us not social distanced on a golf course. No, not at all. But uh, no, it is great. And to do it here at... Uh, at uh, St. Stadion, sitting outside, Sports Republic great hockey shop go have it out and check them out obviously they've got other sports stuff too but i'm not going to talk about that now check them out online here well done to them it's a great place to watch hockey what a school saint stadiums is um if i didn't live so far away i would consider sending my kid yeah yeah well uh given the great wealth of talent they've produced over the years i'm, I'm certainly considering it but uh, yeah thank you so much as always for joining us on hockey the podcast that uh, will be back in a week's time Go the SA ladies as you fight for the right to perform in Tokyo. Cheers.